You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. Tonight I'm hoping to um, prime the pump, so to speak, to talk a little bit more about this whole contending for breakthrough. And I hope at the end of this message, you'll be in that place where, yeah, this is something that I'm passionate about. This is something that I want to do. I want to be a part of what's happening. I want to be right smack dab in the center of God's plan for my life and God's plan for this church in this city. And, uh, and you know, as we've talked before about, the, uh, you know, even in the, the month of overflow where we talked about being, uh, being a part of this body and all of us have play a part in that. And I just want to remind us again, it's like we want to move forward together as this huge family impacting Brighton and this area, but we can't do it if it's just one or two. We need the threes, the fours, the tens, the fifteens, the twenties. That's how, that's how we can make a significant impact in this city, I believe. So, so just want to encourage you with that. Um, you know, there's, there's many passages that talk about, um, contending for breakthrough. And, and, uh, and, and the word breakthrough itself, there's many different passages. So this evening I want to touch on, uh, a few of those, um, a few that speak to what contending looks like. So what it, what it looks like and where we see the results of contending. So what does it look like? What does contending look like? And what are the results when we do contend for breakthrough? So in, uh, in Matthew 7, 7, there's a scripture that says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. In this passage, we see a contending for breakthrough. It's not a do it once, right? And see what happens. But it's a don't give up keep going, persevere, word from God. That's what it's all about. It's about not giving up. It's about persevering. It's about keeping going. The posture we're to take when we're contending is similar to wanting something really bad. Has anybody ever wanted something really bad? Yeah. And you've, it's, what's, what happens when you want something really bad? Does it consume your mind? Is it you, your whole life revolves around wanting whatever that is, right? That's how it, that's, that's what it's, that's what it's like. You know, my kids are really good at this and generally when they want something, they come to me as I'm known more as the softy in the family. Um, and I don't mean that, that's not really a positive thing. Uh, but they, they come to me because I'm usually the one that will say yes or give in easier than maybe Kyla will. She's the better parent. Um, but I sometimes will just give in and, um, but not all the time, but when, but when they want something, it really consumes their mind and, uh, they don't give up. They keep going and they persevere until they get what it is that they want. You know, recently Silas, um, wanted an, an Arsenal football kit and it just seemed like every conversation Every time we went to the shops, uh, every time we went to play football, which is quite often he's always saying, hey, let's go and play football in the, at the park. Every, every single time he would just be mentioning this, this Arsenal football kit. It just absolutely consumed his mind. And, uh, 
And you know, he would remind me daily, you know, life would be better, you know, so to speak, if I just had this full Arsenal football kit. And, uh, and so, I, I'm not sure if, if many of you know, but they're quite expensive to just kind of get the full gear. And that was just something that we were not willing to do, to just kind of set him up with this full arsenal kit and then him outgrow it in one year. And so we came to a compromise. We got him a new arsenal shirt and got his name, you know, on the back of it and a number. And, uh, and then we just found some really cheap, uh, like white football, um, shorts that would kind of go with that. And he managed to piece it all together. And now he feels like he's playing for team arsenal and he's really, really loves it. You know, um, the reality is that if we didn't kind of give in, so to speak, or like get to that place where, okay, we're going to make this happen for you, he would have just keep going and kept going and kept going. And I really believe that that's what we're to do when we're contending for breakthrough. We're not to give up. We're not to, to just say, oh, I guess it's not going to happen. But if it's, if it's the will of God for your life, if for your life, if it lines up to maybe salvation in your family or healing or some of these different things that are clearly what God desires for us, we're to keep contending and believing that that is going to take place in our lives. In Genesis 32, we read about an individual named Jacob that wrestled with what the Bible describes as an angel of the Lord. Genesis 32. And I, I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly what it looked like that day. But the reality in that story in, 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 uh, in Genesis 32, and I'm not going to read through it all, is that Jacob was not giving up. And when, and when this angel of the Lord knew he couldn't overpower him, it says he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wretched. It's like he knew that there was just this such earnestness in Jacob's life that he just wanted so badly to see breakthrough, that he was willing to do whatever whatever it took. And he just kept going and kept going and kept going. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord said, let me go. And Jacob says in verse 26, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Jacob was an individual that said, I will do whatever it takes to get to that place where you bless me. I mean, amazing perseverance on his part. He just didn't give up. He kept going. He kept persevering. He kept believing that God was going to do something in and through his life. And the cool, the cool thing about this very act of Jacob is that, is that it promoted him to be the father of Israel. No longer was he known as Jacob, but he, his name is changed to Israel. What he did that day was not for his own benefit, but it was for the benefit of the people. You know, sometimes when we contend for breakthrough, it's about contending and believing for breakthrough in other people's lives. It's about, it's this selfless act where we say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe for the impossible for my friend across the street. I'm gonna believe for the pos- for the impossible for my, my neighbor. I'm going to believe for the impossible for my coworker. I'm going to believe for the impossible for my church. I'm going to believe for the impossible. It's about you taking on this, 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 uh, 
I guess, this burden to see breakthrough in somebody else's life. And Jacob did that. His act that day was very, very selfless. He gained father status. You know, there's many times that, you know, I think in particular, my brother, there was a time when one of his, his eldest daughter um, had gotten sick. And I remember him saying to me in that moment, if he could just take it from her, he would have taken it from her. And it just, to that moment when he said that to me, I just thought, that's what a father does. Is he just, he does whatever it takes to, to help his kid out, so to speak. And I think in, in, with, when it comes to contending for breakthrough, Jacob, he, he, he persevered for a nation, for a, for a group of people. And sometimes God calls us to stand in the gap for people and believe for breakthrough and take on that sort of, um, mantle of being a father or being a mother or being somebody that, that genuinely says, I'm going to stand in the gap for you because I'm believing for the impossible to take place through your life. He did not look out for his own interests. He looked out for the interests of others. You know, sometimes in life, it's not always that comfortable. It's not always that easy. Things aren't, don't always go as planned. And, and sometimes it's so easy to just get focused on our own lives. But God challenges us to say, you know what? I, 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 I'm going to work this out in your life, but also I want you to, 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 to look at other people's lives and start believing for breakthrough for them as well. Are you guys with me on that? Yeah. Sometimes we need to look out for the interests of others. In his contending, Jacob displayed his heart for a people and for an entire nation. And so contending for breakthrough is about asking and seeking and knocking. It's about persevering. And it's about a surrendered heart that embraces selflessness. That's what contending for breakthrough is all about. But what happens when when we don't see the breakthrough that we're hoping for? I'm not going to go into all my examples that I have for us tonight, but I have a number of examples where I have seen breakthrough happen, and I have seen, and I also have examples of where I haven't seen breakthrough happen. And sometimes when I don't see the breakthroughs happening, it's really frustrating. And sometimes when I see the breakthrough happening, obviously I rejoice in that. And so, for me, even though I've seen breakthrough, and in other situations I haven't, I've decided in my heart that I will rejoice when breakthrough happens. And I will keep contending when I don't see the results that I want to see yet. See, in that moment when, when I don't see the breakthrough happen, I have a choice to make. I have a choice that I can either, either be, either be bitter and mad and angry at God for not showing up and, and, and making what I'm believing for happen. Or I can just say, God, I'm going to keep contending. I'm going to keep seeking. I'm going to keep persevering. I'm going to keep knocking. I'm going to keep doing whatever it takes to see that breakthrough happen because I believe you want to do it because it's in your word and it's truth for my life and it's truth for somebody else's life. That's what, that's, those are the, the, that's the difference. It's like you can either get angry and bitter and mad or you can say, no, I'm just going to keep contending. We rejoice when, when, when the breakthrough happens, but we keep contending when it doesn't happen. And that is not an easy thing. That's not me saying that I've just figured this out completely and, and that's where I'm at. But that is where, that's what I tell my heart is that this is what I need to do. This is what, this is where I need to be. Um, 
I guess in that too, I just believe that God wants to do something more in our hearts when we are contending for breakthrough, more, uh, more than we actually think or understand. And you know, in Proverbs 12, sorry, Proverbs 21, 31, it says that the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. And I've read this very, very often and, and thought, well, God, I guess this scripture speaks to you doing your part and I'll do my part. And in some ways, there's an element of that. But ultimately, as the scripture says, victory rests with the Lord. And, and I found is sometimes God may just be getting us ready for something and sometimes we don't know what that is. And so what if the horse, right, the horse, is ready for battle, and then God says, I don't need the horse, I have another plan for you. You know, sometimes we get so focused, this is what God wants me to do, and then what if he, what if he completely changes it? It's like God wants, really, for our hearts to be ready. He wants us just to be in that right place where we're just completely trusting Him. And I believe when we're contending for breakthrough, it's more about just simply trusting Him for what He's going to do, His plan, not placing our agenda on on, on what he's going to do, but allowing him to just decide what needs to take place in and through our lives. You know, I guess my point is, is, is not so much about what, it's not so much about what we do for God, but it's more about who we're becoming. It's about who we're becoming. It's about, it's about how we're being developed and are we becoming more like Christ over time? Are we more like Christ tomorrow than we are today? And you guys have heard me say that many, many times. Contending for breakthrough is more than a suggestion. It's something God calls us all to participate in because not only do results become of it, but we are shaped and transformed in the process. You know, when we're contending for breakthrough, when, when we're taking time to fast and, and when we're when we're being sacrificial, it's amazing what God can point out in our own lives if we allow him to point things out. It's amazing what he begins to show us when we just, when we take a step back, when we sacrifice to say, God, I'm just going to, I'm just allowing you to move and, and, and do what you want through my life. I'm surrendering to you. And it's amazing what he can do in and through our lives and, and what he does in our lives at that moment. So contending for breakthrough is 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 not always something that's easy. It is uncomfortable. It is it's one of those things that he calls us to to keep going, to persevere. And throughout the scriptures we see that God calls us to that. It's not a suggestion, but he calls us to that. He says, "Lay down your lives and follow me." And part of that is contending for breakthrough in our lives and in other people's lives. But there's also the results side of contending for breakthrough. In Mark 5, there's a story about how Jesus frees a man that um, is possessed by a demon. He's a demon-possessed man. And just before this story takes place in chapter 5 of Mark, in chapter 4, Jesus is, is speaking to many, many people, and he basically says to the disciples, it's time to go to the other side, the other side of the lake. And so they get in their boats and they're 
starting to head over to the other side of this lake. And um, on the way over, there's a storm. And uh, and this storm, there's the winds are, are blowing and the waves are significantly high. And it's a scary moment for the disciples. And Jesus is sleeping. And they wake Jesus uh, because they're because they're frightened. And Jesus in that moment rebukes the wind and the waves and everything is calm and peaceful. And they make their way to the other side. You know, I really believe that Jesus had an agenda. His agenda was to get to the other side of the lake because he knew what was going to be taking place over there. You know, when, as a disciple, you know, we're able to read from the beginning to the end and we're able to see sort of what was next and and kind of piece it all together. But for the disciples in that moment, they didn't know what was on the other side of the lake. And so I'm kind of wondering at times, and this is this is just my own little thought, but it's like, I wonder, I don't know the distance that they were as they going across the lake, but I'm wondering if they weren't at the halfway point, if they would have just said, you know what, I'm just going to turn around. I'm just, let's just paddle back that way because we don't want to go further out into this storm. But But Jesus had a different plan, right? His plan was, we need to get to the other side because he had an agenda, and that agenda was to see this man freed. You know, sometimes when we're contending for breakthrough, sometimes it gets really tough. Sometimes it gets challenging. Sometimes it gets really uncomfortable. But God calls us to keep going and to not give up, right? And uh, and I think sometimes we want to take that path of uh, least resistance. Kind of like humans are a little bit like water. We just find that path of least resistance, right? But God calls us to, to step up and go, I'm going to believe for the impossible in my life and in other people's lives. And so... So this is, this is sort of the backstory of what's happening. Jesus has this agenda. And so they get to the other side of the lake. And, uh, there's this very unusual account that takes place in Mark 5, 1 to 20. And, uh, in this story, we see Jesus gets, gets to the other side of the lake. He gets out of the boat. And there's this man that, that has really just wreaked havoc in the community. And he's, they try to chain him up. They try to, like, basically um, just keep him separated from the community, but he kept on like breaking the chains and it says he lived in a cave and he would he did all these horrible things. But when Jesus stepped in onto the scene, it's like he 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 runs to Jesus and uh I will just go here quickly. It says when he saw Jesus from a distance he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice And uh, skipping a few lines, Jesus says, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? And so the story carries on where uh, Jesus rebukes these these spirits that are in this man. And uh, they they make a request to go into these pigs. And there's there's these pigs that are that are just close by. And these these demons rush into these pigs and uh and then at that, and then these pigs, they, they, uh, they run as, I guess, as fast as they can. I'm not sure how fast that is, but they run really fast down this steep bank and fall and go into the water or into the lake and they drown. And in that moment, the people that were, were the ones that were looking after those pigs, they, they run off and go and tell the owners of the pigs. And when the owners of the pigs, um, come back onto the scene, um, they see that obviously their pigs aren't around and uh there's this there's this moment where they see this man in his right mind and so this man was a very very you know um hurting individual 
that was not welcome into the community, essentially. And, and then all of a sudden, this man is in his right mind, and the Bible says that now the, the, the actual owners of these pigs are, are actually afraid of what has happened. This man is now in his right mind, and they are afraid. And then the story carries on. I'm, I'm skipping some of the stuff. But basically, at the end of this, the, the people want Jesus to leave. They essentially don't like what has taken place, and they want Jesus to leave. And the man that was healed, he, he wants to go with Jesus. And basically, Jesus says, no, you, you need to stay here. And so he stays here, or he stays in that place. And, uh, and the last scripture, uh, verse 20, it says, So the, the man went away and began to tell in Decap- Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. I guess what really sticks out to me in this story, and if you, you know, if you want to read it later, again, it's, Mark 5, 1 to 20. But what really sticks out to me in this story is this element of how breakthrough happened and the result of the breakthrough. And I, my first point in this, this evening is, I believe that breakthrough happens in the solitary place. It would, it would be easy to think that, that this man's freedom happened when Jesus showed up on the scene. And I guess in some ways it did. But I believe it began elsewhere. I don't believe it happened right in that moment. I believe it happened elsewhere. In Mark 135, so kind of like four chapters back, it says that very early in the morning, Jesus um, woke and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And for Jesus, this was not a one-time occurrence. Jesus did this throughout the scriptures, he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He would remove, he would kind of like, uh, if there was a bunch, the, the crowds were around, he would just sort of move away from the crowds and he would go and he would spend time with his father. And that's where his father would, would in a sense, download, this is the agenda that I have for you. This is, this is what I want you to be doing. This is what I want you to be doing, right? That's what, that's what these moments were. And, uh, and Jesus, Jesus, the words in the scriptures say that Jesus only did what he saw his father doing. And so all of these times he would, he would spend time with the father. And I believe that that's where this breakthrough happened. Because I believe that Jesus understood that, that breakthrough happens in private and then it manifests itself in public. That's why we're doing this, this 21 day fast. Because we're, we're, of course we're sacrificing, but we're also taking time as a church to, to, in our own private time, in corporate times, we're, we're gonna take time to pray and seek God's face and say, God, we're believing for breakthrough in this church, in our lives, in our friends' lives, but I really believe that it begins in prayer. I believe it happens in private, and then when we step out, we begin to speak the things that Jesus calls us to speak and then we begin and we and we see the breakthrough manifests itself in the public place. This is what happened to this man that day. You know Zechariah 4 and 6 in the Old Testament it says not by night might nor by my spirit 
or sorry, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so, yes, there's power through our spoken word, but the battle is not won through our strength and our ability, but through the spirit of God. That's where the battle is won. And in Ephesians 6, it talks about we don't battle against um, flesh and blood, but against the powers of the dark world and against the evil forces. That's where we battle. That's The battle takes place in private, in prayer, where we're just contending and believing God for the breakthrough. You know, and I, I don't think that every single um, thing is a spiritual battle, but I do believe we need to be reminded that the enemy uh, wants to do whatever it takes to steal, breakthrough, to steal the breakthrough you're believing for. That's his goal. That's his agenda. Is to, is to steal your breakthrough. It's to, it's to stop you. It's to stop this church. It's to stop the, the leadership of this church. It's, the enemy wants to do whatever he can do to try and stop what we, what we feel God has called us to do in this city. But we don't need to be afraid of that because we have victory in Christ. And Christ says that, that we can do, uh, even greater things, right? Than even what he did. And so Jesus, you know, Jesus made this breakthrough look easy. But I believe the reason why is because he, ba- um, he battled and won in private. That's what happened. And then walked out that victory in public. And that's what we need to be doing as, as a group of, uh, as a church, as a group of believers. So my second thing is, um, breakthrough can be costly. In verse six, 16 and 17 of uh, chapter 5, it says, Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people pleaded or began to plead with Jesus to leave their, re- their region. And I'm not suggesting that, that hard times have to come upon us when we're contending for breakthrough. You know, like Jacob, where he was contending for breakthrough and and the angel of the Lord touched his hip, and 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 from that moment he had he had a limp. I'm not suggesting that that you know tough times have to come that we have to suffer in that regard. But I do I do believe that contending can be uncomfortable. It can be uncomfortable. I don't I, you know I don't like necessarily to say it all the time, but but as Christians we want good out- outcomes. We want positive results. Um, we want the path of least resistance without being willing uh without being willing to give something up sacrifice a little or go without we we want the blessing and we want it to come easy we want to see breakthrough in our lives but we're not willing to sometimes sacrifice and do the hard work to see that happen you know i've discovered that anything worth having requires us to dig deep you know, you think of like students here tonight. It's not easy to attain some of the, the grades that you want. And it's not easy to, to get the, you know, get those marks. You gotta dig deep. You gotta go, I'm gonna do this. In so many physical ways in life, it's about working hard and just going for it so, so that you can, you know, accomplish that goal that you have. And so I believe sometimes in the spiritual as well, we gotta dig deep. It's not about works, but it's about contending. It's not about necessarily about what we do, but it's about 
trusting what God wants to do in and through us. So we got to dig deep. And you know, King David in 2 Samuel 24 said, I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. It's like he was, he was willing to sacrifice. He was willing to just, he, he, he believed that it didn't come free. He just believed that I'm gonna, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to see, uh, to see breakthrough happen, uh, in my life, in the life of others. So, you know, victory always rests with the Lord, but I will offer myself to the process because God deserves all of me. And so we gotta, we gotta be in that place where we offer to God, um, ourselves in the process. King David understood that there is something rewarding when we deny ourselves and willingly welcome whatever it takes to see breakthrough. God calls us, it's like this, this, this high calling that he, that he, that he puts on our lives. You know, salvation is free, but it will cost you your life. It will cost you everything. And breakthrough is sometimes one of those things that it'll cost you. But it's so worth it. God promises so many good things when we do that. The last thought I have for us this evening is breakthrough makes way for testimony. In verses 18 and 19 of chapter 5, it says, As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And then at the end of that it says, And all the people were amazed because he began to go and tell people. The reality for this young man was that it didn't start, or sorry, it started there, but it didn't end there. If we flip a few chapters over to Mark 7 and Mark 8, we read that Jesus had left that region that, that where these, this miracle happened in chapter 5. He leaves the region, he goes elsewhere, and then he returns back to that region where this, where this man had been set free. And now there is a group of people that are bringing to Jesus another man that was deaf, I believe. And Jesus heals him. And then shortly after that, Jesus in Mark 8 is speaking to a crowd of 4,000 people. And it's another, um, the, the other story, the feeding of the 5,000. This is the story of the feeding of the 4,000. 4, and so most likely... When he's talking about 4,000, there was even more than that. And so all of a sudden in this region where in many ways nobody wanted anything to do with Christ, now there are many followers of Christ. There are many that are putting their trust in him all because of one man that received the breakthrough. So the big deal is that we have an opportunity to partner with God and believe for breakthrough in other people's lives. And, and we have an opportunity, just like this guy, to see a, an entire region changed because of the power of God. We have an opportunity to share our story and say, this is what God has done in my life, this is what God is going to do in my life, and this is what God can do in your life. And when we begin to, as we, as we, embrace this process in the next 21 days and obviously it's going to continue from that but we're just you know taking this time to fast 
But we want to always be contending. We want to always be believing for, for breakthrough. But as we begin to, to, to take these steps of saying, God, I'm going to sacrifice this time. I'm going to, I'm going to do this fast. I'm going to be a part of this. I'm going to believe for breakthrough in, in my life and in other people's lives. We're going to see an area completely change by the power of God because victory rests with the Lord. But he calls us to partner with him. I believe that, that breakthrough can happen in our relationships. I believe that breakthrough can happen in our, in our financial, in our, in our finances. I believe that breakthrough will come when we're challenged with certain things. I believe breakthrough can happen when we're, when we're feeling broken. I believe breakthrough can happen. When, when we feel like our future has no hope or there, or, or we feel like there's not a lot of hope for other people, it's like, I believe that, that we can believe God for, for breakthrough so that they would, they would be filled with hope and, and know that, that God has incredible things in store. And so, like this man, I want to be a, a church that believes for breakthrough, that believes for, for the amazing, amazing things to happen in and through our lives. And, and God wants to bring breakthrough to this city. And God wants to bring breakthrough in this church. And so, you know, as, as it stated in that video, we have these prayer, we have these prayer cards, and, and by accident I didn't bring the new ones, but these will still work. Um, there's, uh, about 20 of them sitting on my desk in Burgess Hill. But these prayer cards are so, you can write down on here what you are contending for in, regarding breakthrough. Maybe, maybe it's for yourself, maybe it's for somebody else, but we are really want to encourage you to take the time and write something down so that we can take time to pray and believe with you for that breakthrough to take place. And as a church, we're going to have times um, this week in our life groups, we're going to take time to pray for breakthrough. Next week, we're going to, we're going to be, we'll have a night of prayer in Burgess Hill. And then the following week, we're going to have the, uh, um, a time of prayer on Tuesday night here as well. And so we're going to take times as individuals to be just praying weekly. We're going to be sending out emails to say, hey, can you be praying about these things? And uh, But then we're also going to come together as a corporate body and believe for breakthrough. And, and we're really believing that God's going to do a work through this time. And so, John, if you wouldn't mind coming up, that'd be awesome. I, I also want to highlight that at the very bottom of this, it's there's a little box that says, you know, just tick this box if you want what it is that you're believing for to be confidential. We, we obviously want to respect that. And so, um, but at the same time, we want to partner with you and pray so that good things can happen in your life and through your life. Amen. So I took all of these from, from the back table. Um, and so I just encourage you, I'm going to go around maybe even afterwards and just try, there's not a whole bunch of them, but hand a few to you guys and uh I don't want to force you to do this but I just think this is this is the time to say you know these are some things that I'm believing for and as a church coming around you and coming around that what it is that you're believing for and uh and supporting you in that let's stand together thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church one church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.